season two of Gooping and Gagging with Nene. I'm your host with the most, here to spill tea on everything that keeps my glitter-filled brain stimulated. You already know the drill, from travel tips and theme parks to life lessons with your favorite femme, there's really something for every crack ass that chooses to listen to me on a weekly basis. You're gonna wanna grab your finest latex and lube because today, honey, this guest did not come to play. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Season two, bitches! Ah! <laughs> you ready? Because I certainly am. It's been a minute, but we are back and better than ever. This season, we have 10 incredible episodes with 11 incredible guests, and we really did not come to fuck around. It's season two, and there's definitely something for everybody. Yeah, you're gonna get theme parks. Yeah, you're gonna get travel, but also we are sharing some really deep stories with some incredibly talented people. And I... I can't wait for you to meet my season two babies. And today, honey, we have motherfucking Miss Misty Page in the house. A literal icon. Um, but before she comes on, just a heads up. This one's probably going to sound like a long ass Ryan's Roses episode. Um, so I'm in the studio and Misty is on the phone with me, and we're having some like technical difficulties. I usually don't record with someone on the phone, so if it sounds different in any way, I'm not fucking sorry about it, because I'm not a fucking nerd. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing here, and it's just, just deal with it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and I cannot wait for another incredible season of this hot fucking mess express of a show we call a podcast. I'm genuinely so thankful for each and every one of you listening, and I can't wait! She's an absolute sweetheart and a trailblazer for Muslim and trans artists everywhere. I've been around hundreds of people and truly nobody is doing it like her. Please welcome to the show, Miss Misty Page. Well, thank you so much for that, that, that introduction. I really appreciate it. I feel so welcomed right now. Welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing pretty good today. I had a long day of work, so we'll see um, how this conversation goes. I could be really on point or um, all over the place today. All over the place is usually the nay-nay way, so feel free okay, to <laughs> get sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, Miss Misty Page, I have been following your journey for a very, very long time, from the very beginning, in fact. And you are what I would probably describe as like the most interesting, the most beautiful, the most self expressed and unapologetic human that I have personally ever come across. From not only from like just your social media and your photos, but also just you as a person, either in the working environment or socially with friends. Um, you're just absolutely mesmerizing and incredible. And um, I'm so happy to finally have you on because I have so many questions because to, I in air quotes, to normal people, right, who consider themselves normal, you are just a sight for sore eyes. You know what I mean? You're just, yeah. it's a lot for yeah. people to digest. <laughs> a lot to digest, that's for sure. Can you tell me, when did Misty Page come along? Ooh, um, that's, a, that's a great question. You know, I I grew up in a, in a very um, 
conservative um, evangelical family. And um, it took me a long time to really even have the ability to sort of explore who I am beyond the mold that they were trying to, you know, form me in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very lucky to be able to go to UCLA for college. And um, I think it was there getting to meet, you know, so many different people um, and um, just sort of uh, branch out in terms of my perspectives of, of, on the world. I sort of uh, got into um, like like drag a little bit, and um, like like Betty Page was probably like the first like um, you know icon you know mm-hmm. of uh, pinup um, that I came across. I, I loved her style, and uh, I mean my, my name is Misty Page. The Page part comes from. Betty Page. Of course, she had a very uh, tough and troubled life, um, mm. but the images of her, you know, are, are going to last forever. Her style is going to last forever. Um, I remember, you know, my favorite thing to do when I was going to UCLA was to get on the bus from, you know, UCLA and take it all the way down to Hollywood. And I'd walk up and down Hollywood Boulevard, which is full of, I mean, all kinds of characters. Yeah. There, at the time, not so much anymore. I feel like today you walk that street and it's mostly like bars and like bong shops. That's pretty much everything <laughs> on that street now. And like weird shoe stores that you're like, I don't know if these are like real shoes or like knockoff shoes. Um, but it used to be a lot of like, you know, naughty shops, you know, um, and costume shops. And the two goth shops are still there, but pretty much everything else is gone. But I used to go there and I mean, I, you know, would would buy things that, you know, I, I like, you know, bras and stuff, things that, you know, um, and and go go back to my dorm room and like try them on. And, um, and there was something about it, you know, it wasn't really like a sexual thing for me. Um, it was, it, there was something really comforting about it. It was like a, like a big hug almost. Um, and, um, so I felt very at home in it. And, um, in, in trying to like, I used to like say like, I'm buying all this beautiful stuff. Like I should at least do something with it. So I started to like dress up as like Betty page and stuff like that. And, um, I would dress up for like, I was, I was an RA at UCLA. So I would dress up for like floor events, um, and, um, yeah. And that's sort of how it like kind of began. I also got the name Misty because I took one of my friends, it was his birthday and we went to a strip club and, um, like I was just like, my mind was blown by, by the outfits that they would, you know, of course start with, they, they, they would end up on the floor, but yeah. but they would start with these outfits on. <laughs> and I was like, wow, I love that. I love what you're wearing, you know? And, um, there there was this one, one of the girls like was coming around the room, like noticed that my friend was like, you know, it was his birthday and everything. And he already had, you know, somebody who was, you know, going to give him a lap dance and all this stuff. And I ended up just sitting there and talking to, it was like the, 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 the strip club was like totally empty. So there was like Mm -hmm. nothing going on. So this this other girl like sat there and talked to me for like, I mean, gosh, it must've been like an hour. And she kind of looked like Velma from Scooby-Doo. Um, and, um, but her like stripper name was Misty. And so, um, you know, when I finally kind of put this, 
sort of persona, which again is very much me. It's not, you know, really a made up character. There's a, you know, everything I do with Miss Misty Page has really, you know, deep and, 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 and felt meaning to me. But when I did finally put this character together, like it was, you know, Miss Misty Page, you know, so homaging the Betty Page thing. And then, you know, this, you know, person who I saw once never saw again. Um, but she was so nice to me. And, and we talked about, uh, you know, honestly, I forget what we talked about, but it made such an impact on me that I ended up, you know, taking that name and making it a part of this. Um, However, my, you know, of course, I, I go into a lot of different topics, you know, in my art, um, everything from like, you know, loving latex to, um, I mean, gosh, I, I go all over the place. But like, my love of latex goes like way back, way, way back. Um, even back to when I was like five or six, I would steal like rubber gloves from doctor's offices. And um, I just loved the smell, you know. And wow. when I was going to UCLA, I discovered there was this whole like underground culture where, people dress up in, in latex, you know, for fun, you know, and it's like fashion, you know, um, you know, and so um, got into that around the same time as well. Um, and so, you know, Miss Misty Page, there's, you know, some like latex in there, but there's also a lot of like, you know, just who I am. And I think you can see as the years have gone by, the different looks I do um, ha has real um, connection to where I'm at you know, um, in life and, and, you know, and, and how my journey continues to, you know, roll out in front of me, you know? Incredible. No, I've adored, adored, like looking at all the things Misty Page does. I remember back in the day, this was years and years ago before you transitioned. Um, I remember I hadn't really worked with you before, but I had seen you around and suddenly on like my suggested like Facebook friends, I saw a photo and I was like, is this who I think it is? And <laughs> it was latex, huge titties, like very much giving like American horror story. Like, um, what's that? What's the, what's the, the, is it the first season? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, gosh, what's the, what's the, the, the haunted, not, not, not horror house. No, what I is don't... it called? Uh, I don't even know. God, um, <laughs> I, I I'm I'm gonna be shamed for this not knowing the answer to this question. It's okay. Uh, I am too, but it was just absolutely incredible. And I wanted oh, to murder ask Murder House. Murder House. Murder House. That's it with yeah. um Evan Peter I mean Evan Peters is kind of in every single one, but Well Jessica Lang really was the star of that that season. Jessica Lang. That was all about her. Uh, I mean, isn't she really the star of anything that she is ever a part of <laughs> she, she is it's true it's true i wanted to ask how was transitioning into sarah and who is misty page and what does she mean to sarah okay all right that that's that's an interesting question um because wow. sarah because sarah well, and misty page are two different identities correct or are they the yes. same oh yeah yeah i mean sarah is the name that i i go by you know in my everyday life it's the name that i am writing you know under which is sort of my other little career aside from making art uh writing things so sarah is the name that i'll hopefully be publishing things under writing screenplays under you know um and living my life with um uh miss misty page uh is 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 
is so much me um, in this beautiful, artsy, exaggerated sort of way. Um, Sarah, you know, um, is maybe a little bit uh, simpler, maybe a little bit uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> less of a showboat, um, if that makes sense. Sure. Um, there definitely is some some drag influences, of course, in Miss Misty Page. You know, there's a lot of, you know, very flamboyant, fantastical, you know. I mean, like, I just did this, like, Vegas showgirl look because I've always wanted to wear, you know, those big, you know, feather plumes that, you know, they wear, like, in the, you know, in the Moulin Rouge and in all the shows in Vegas. And so mm -hmm. I, I, like, hunted down this outfit. And it was it was hard to do, um, but got all these different pieces together and, and, and made that look, you know, come together. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's something that Miss Misty Page would wear. It's something that Sarah would think about wearing, but probably not wear it out to the grocery store, you know? Sure. Sure. Uh, so, so Miss Misty Page really is. And I mean, I, I gotta admit, like I'm a, I'm a, a freaking alien from outer space. You know, if I could wear a, a you know, latex outfit, my, my torpedo tits. Like if I, if I could wear that <laughs> out to Ralph's, I would every single day, but I already get enough like death stares. Sure. <laughs> so I keep it pretty low key because I do like my privacy too. But, um, but yeah, it's, I kind of, you know, Miss Misty Page is my, is sort of my art name, you know? Um, and Sarah is just, you know, my, my everyday, uh, you know, sort of, you know, character. So I, I think I would say that um, Miss Misty Page is, is, is the soul that, that thrives inside of me. Um, and Sarah's the, Sarah's just, you know, on the outside and, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, it, that's a really great question. I'm trying, I'm trying to even think about this for myself, but um, I guess that's sort of the complication. I mean, you know, Bruce Wayne and Batman, you know, right. <laughs> like, you know, like which one is the, you know, the dominant figure, you know, is there sort is there two personalities there or is, or is he one and the same? In that sense, I think that Ms. Misty Page and Sarah are definitely just sort of um, linked um, in a way that cannot be, you know, unlinked. You know, with Ms. Misty Page, I can be, I, I can be anything, you know, with, with, with Sarah, it's like, well, this is what I, you know, have to deal with society in, you know, For sure. um, which even in itself, even, you know, being trans and being, you know, out and about, sometimes it's hard to even, you know, go out my door, you know, knowing the kind of stairs and glares I get. I mean, I live down here in Orange County, which, you know, oh. is, you know, not exactly, you know, a place where um, really anybody in the LGBTQ community feels wholly um safe you know sure. almost anywhere you go down here aside from like disney property you know yeah like um pretty much anywhere you go down here in orange county um these companies and restaurants you know and stores teach their employees to you know basically assume someone's you know title you know sir ma'am sir ma'am sir ma'am so you know i have a deeper voice i don't have like <laughs> you know, prominent boobs or anything. And uh, so, of course, sir is what they go with. And I just, it, every time someone says that, it just, it just, you know, drives a little tiny, you know, uh, pinprick into me, you know. Mm. Um, but, but I do, I do, I, you know, I don't know why we're so, um, you know, gender obsessed in this country. You know, everybody like wants to know everybody else's business and like, you know, um, and, and everyone thinks it's their, their right to assume. 
you know, without asking, without, you know, and like, there's a way to be courteous and friendly and, and everything without, you know, I would never, I would never walk up to someone and go, you know, start talking to them and start saying ma'am or sir without like knowing them, you know, like not knowing who they are, you know, that's not my place to, to put that title on them. You can be respectful without, you know, um, disrespectfully assuming, you know, who they are, how they identify, you know, and, and you never know. I mean, you might be talking to some, you know, 50, 60 year old, you know, adult who looks very masculine or, or, you know, conversely very feminine. You don't know, maybe they've been, you know, hiding, you know, they've been in the closet for, you know, the last, you know, you know, since they were, you know, since they were a kid generations before us, there was, you know, so much more pressure to stay in the closet. And, um, you know, I, who knows who, who you talk to every day who might have, you know, um, something that they're holding back um, because, you know, society has taught them to, to, to be afraid of who they are, you know? 100%. I feel like gender obsessed is one thing, but also I feel like everyone is so label obsessed. Every single thing needs to have a label. And that is what is so just annoying to me. And it was always just so annoying to me growing up. It's like, why do I need to come out? Because coming out, it's like, oh, now you need to assert your label. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's yeah. like, what do labels even mean, too? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so associate certain things with masculinity, certain things with femininity. And it's like, why? Why are the why do these things have to fall under this category? You know, what what do these labels even mean? They don't they don't mean anything. They're just words, words that we've assigned truly arbitrary, you know, meanings to and 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 it's been solidified by tradition mm-hmm. um, you know, over all these years and and for some reason people just can't see outside of that. They can't see or understand when people color outside the lines. It's scary it's threatening you know 100 percent. it's very confusing for me because it almost seems so much easier for me as a human to just not put labels on things or not assume someone's gender for me it's so easy because i'm like wait i don't have to like think things through i don't have to like make these equations in my head oh they have no boobs and they have hair on their arms so that means i have to calculate uh sir ma'am like you know (laughs) like can you imagine the kind of math that some of these, you know, and, and I mean, I'll say it, some of these, like, you know, uh, white, you know, very like, you know, uh, mm-hmm. macho males, you know, that, that walk around and you can tell they are just studying everybody around them. And they got that eye where they're just kind of judging, and, you know, and it's like you imagine the kind of arithmetic that goes on inside their heads when they see someone that doesn't make sense to them. Mm-hmm. And I see it every day when you run into this, that one person and you can tell that they just they cannot take their eyes off you. And it's not judgment per se. It's just complete and utter confusion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes some disgust comes out. Sometimes they, they, they just sort of stand there and their mouth is kind of hanging open a little bit and, and their their eye kind of twitches a little bit. Mm-hmm. And you're breaking them like you're breaking their 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 minds by just, you know, being yourself. And and I always wonder to myself, you know. Uh, when 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 they they 
you know, look at any of us in the LGBTQ community or anybody who is different than they are. Like, do, you know, you wonder, like, do they ever try and like kind of dig deeper into themselves and wonder why they have this visceral reaction to just like freak out, you know, inside, like, like, like what, like, what is it that just, I mean, I guess we're asking the question of like, well, why are people racist? Why are people homophobic? Why are people trans? I mean, that, that really is the question that we're getting at here. (laughs) But like, it's like, I just don't understand why people are so obsessed with other people's business. Like, that's my big thing too. It's Mm -hmm. like, like why 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 does that bother you? You know what are they doing to you? What are they? What is their presence in this room doing to you? Um, you know, like like are we are we disturbing the scenery? I, you know, I think we make this, we make the scenery better personally. Um, yeah, but um, you know, I guess we have our all have our own thing. But it's just like, come on, like we live in a in a in a, a pretty diverse world and. To to be that close-minded and, and have to think that hard when you see someone that just, just challenging some gender norms, like 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 come on, like you know, like <laughs> like what is what is what is the, the 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 mental block here? You know, I mean, I I mean, I can tell you, it's you know, it's conditioning. You know, it's 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 how people are brought up and 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 then continue to be raised by you know talk radio and. Um, Fox News and, you know, uh, these clickbait news sites and stuff like that. And they're friends, you know, who read this stuff, too. And then they get all worked up about it and think that, you know, a uh, gay agenda that's coming for them and their kids. And, you know, and it's just do they think do, do they ever stop and wonder how ridiculous they sound? You know, literally like no one's talking about the straight agenda that was literally so prominent in my childhood growing up watching princesses kiss prince charming like that was the literal straight agenda i was like what the hell is this man yeah the, the, the straight agenda is everywhere <laughs> i saw this great like like someone made this comparison i guess there's this new commercial in sweden where like santa claus um like kisses a, a guy and Ooh. like it's like a whole like love story. I didn't get to watch the whole video, but it looked kind of cute. And you know, of course, the straight reaction is, "Oh, they're sexualizing Christmas." And then somebody very cleverly took all of these pictures, you know, from all these different movies mm-hmm. of hot girls in like Santa and elf outfits, and is like, you know, like who's really been sexualizing Christmas for the last hundred years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> all it takes is just one listen of Santa Baby, and uh, yeah. court is not in session anymore. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, and and that is that is like you know, yeah, that song. I mean, there there is a little bit, a little bit uh, rapey. <laughs> oh wait, one. which one is that? No, oh, baby, There's- it's cold outside. <laughs> Yes, that's the one that's a little bit rapey. Yeah, that one, that one is really, you know, like growing up, that was like one of my favorite like holiday songs. I remember just like, ooh, yeah, this is really nice. Like, what, what, what a nice little tune. And, you know, and then like as you like get older and you're like, like really listening to the lyrics, you're like, this guy is like really pressuring her. He's mean. I don't like him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> It's scary. I'm like, I don't want to be in this room right now. This sounds awful. Get out of there. Get out of there. You know? She's like, I really must go. And he's like, no. 
you can't go. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, it's like you know everyone's worst nightmare, you know. The whole labeling and pronoun situation. Just going back to that. I mean, I, I, and also just being programmed as a child, they're like, okay, well, they were raised like this. It's like, okay, which we're going to get into this in a little bit, but you know, I was raised Muslim and the way that I was raised and I lived in Iran for two years, like you can't be gay. You can't express yourself. You can't, you know, I wasn't raised in like rainbows and butterflies and in this beautiful, like bright and shiny world that like loved and accepted me, you know, thank God I had amazing parents, but also like. I was never taught to be the way that I am. I was taught to hide that. And it's like, how the hell was I able to grow up and just still be a decent human being and, you know, just kind of understand things? That's why I never really get the excuse of like, oh, well, that's how they were raised. It's like, okay, I wasn't raised. I wasn't raised to be gay. I wasn't raised to be feminine. I wasn't raised to be a drag queen. Like, okay, so what is, I don't get how that's even valid. I don't understand. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with you. You know, I, I bring it up because exactly that's that that's how they how you know how they kind of defend it, how they defend their generation and the one before it. Um, but you know, it's um, I think you know it's a lot of people that just sort of com- you know kind of were complicit in everything and just sort of stood by while you know communities were you know targeted harassed abused killed um you know and they stood by they stood by and let it all happen and you know and and today they're still the ones who are kind of passing along their you know um their feelings uh to a new generation um and it's really sad i mean I, i think that um it's it's great that you know you had good parents and and you know i think it's 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 a beautiful thing that that you were able to embrace yourself you know and mm-hmm. and come out of an environment that basically taught you to be everything else but but what you are and you still followed your heart you you listened to it you you knew who you are and i think a lot of people don't follow that voice um and and maybe even um get angry when they see other people who are so in tune to who they are no matter the cost you know the idea of of loving yourself so much that you'd rather be yourself and and deal with people's bullshit then 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 hide that and and mask that and try and be somebody else you know, and that's a that's a big sacrifice for you, for yourself. You know, that's a huge sacrifice to be yourself, um, you know, against all odds. Completely. I feel like I've never really been able to bring that experience into words. And it feels like such a sacrifice. And it sucks because it shouldn't. It shouldn't feel like a sacrifice. It's like, is it me or is it them? And thank God I am the most selfish person I know because I will always choose me above anybody else. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you kind of like, to be honest, you kind of have to be though, you know, in a, in a healthy sort of way, you have to, you know, believe that, you know, um, that you're right. You know what I mean? You have to believe that you're right and you have to love yourself, you know, because, because we know, what what else is there? You know, there's 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 misery or there's loving yourself. You know, there's 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 basically two options here, mm-hmm. and I will always choose loving myself. 
you know? 100%. And, you know, it sucks because going that route of loving yourself, you'll find that sometimes it's like, wow, I'm the only person here in this room that's loving myself. And it's just so hard to be in a be in a space and just having to rely on yourself to be that person for you because you know as humans we want to be loved by others you know as much as we yes. might say we don't want to be we want to be accepted we want to be loved by others we want a million friends and for people to love everything that we do and accept us but at times it's like in really tough situations you kind of all you have is just yourself and yeah you know And I know that you've experienced this because I've read a bunch of your posts and towards the end of your messages, you always just get your ass back together. I don't know how. (laughs) It's like, this is what I'm going through. And this was literally like one of the worst experiences ever. And this is what I've learned from it. And you're almost like going through it with another person, even though that person is yourself and you really have a relationship with yourself. Yeah. And that's what I've noticed by just, you know, keeping up with you is like, wow, like she really has a relationship with herself and it almost makes you feel less alone when you do feel alone because you're there to guide yourself. One situation that I just really wanted to talk about for a second was you, um, meeting, I mean, please correct me because this is all off of memory. I don't have it in front of me, but from what I remember, it was, you had a person that you really, really looked up to in the Muslim community, in the Muslim LGBTQIA plus community, I'm almost positive. Um, And out of nowhere, they just kind of shunned you. And it's like, (laughs) for me, what really just like blows my mind and I feel, and I face this every single day. It's like, okay, from a straight white person, okay, whatever. From a Christian person, okay, whatever. From a Catholic person, okay, whatever. But it's a different burn. It's a different kind of like lemon juice on the wound type of feeling when it comes from your own people. Cause it's like, wait, you literally know what I'm going through. You literally, we're literally on the same side. We are both minorities. How is it that I'm being treated like this by you? And it's in those moments, sometimes when it happens to me, even like when I'm femme shamed by gay people, it's like, wait, how make it make sense. Yeah. How, the, how the fuck did this actually happen? And it's in those moments it's, of yeah. like, okay, where do I belong? Where do yeah. I fit in? Because um, straight people hate me for being gay. White people hate me for being brown. Gay people hate me for being femme. It's like, okay, so who, where do I go? Yeah. 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 Where, 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 where do we go? You, you just, you, you, you tackled so many things um, there and all of it was, was so on point and things that, that I, I can definitely relate to. Um, gosh. Uh, yeah. It definitely stings when it's someone that you feel like you have a connection to that, that should sort of understand um, the things, the things that we go through Um and they, um, in this case, it actually, they, I actually did end up getting in touch with them. Uh, mm-hmm. and it was their, their, their new PR team, uh, for the new like book deal they got somewhere. Um, basically this like corporation took over their, their Instagram and pretty much, you know, cut anybody off who they viewed as, you know, um, not respectable. Um, mm-hmm. and that's actually what happened. 
Um, and that person has sort of just thrown their arms up and been like, well, this is the price I pay for, you know, um, having this, you know, great, great new deal, you know, and having this visibility that I have to sort of sacrifice this, you know, sacrifice us, you know, the people that, you know, really were such, uh, um, uh, such moral support, you know, um, and, and really were probably the, the truest, you know, um, believers in, in, in what they were doing and the message that they were trying to, to spread to people, which was mostly just love. Um, sure. And so it's very disappointing, again, to come across someone that you respect so much and really care about what they have to say and you feel like they really understand you and and care about you and then it's like oh sorry you know i've i've <laughs> oops i sold out to the big corporations and you know who really don't you know care much about about muslims or you know the lgbtq community yeah they'll use it you know with you know the number of people who do you know, at least say that they care. Um, they will try and make money off of us. Um, but sure. you know, do they actually really care? No, I mean it's the whole Pride Month thing where you see every company, you know, wash their logos and and, and rainbow shades, but in reality they're still donating to um you know, anti-gay Republican lawmakers who, you know, would rather see us rounded up in, in camps, you know. Um, and and that's really the scary thing, too, is, you know, as someone who's been in a lot of history classes, the kind of rhetoric against the LGBTQ community, the Muslim community that continues to exist in this country, and the kind of wackos that seem to be coming out of the woodwork and gaining power in places like Washington, D.C., it is genuinely concerning. Um, history does tend to repeat itself and it's been a long time since you know a time like you know world war ii um and um you know i i, I do worry about the future of of things here and you know with every success um i feel like there's also just this giant void that we're tiptoeing around um and I, it almost feels like at any second we could just fall into that void. You know, that's kind of what it feels like when you read the news these days and your heart sinks when you read, you know, a story about, you know, uh, trans athletes, you know, in high schools and um, new laws being passed about, you know, um, who can use what bathroom. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, the fact that... Uh, <laughs> The fact that being gay is still technically illegal in places like Alabama, you know, and and there's that that like, oh, God, I, I can't think of the exact term, but like that surprise law that there are places in the U.S. where, you know, if a trans person is on a date with someone and that person doesn't know that they're trans and you know, they, they reveal themselves to be trans, that person like can basically get away with, with harming that person, yeah. um, you know, based on the fact that, oh, they were surprised, you know, oh, they, you know, they were, they were lied to, they were misled, you know, um, how horrifying, how horrifying to, um, to even, you know, go dating, um, in some of these places. And that's part of the reason why, I mean, I, I am from the deep South and, um, I would love to go back and, and, live near family I, my, my family is um my mom's side of the family is supportive my dad's side of the family is um very much not mm -hmm. um i would love to i would love to live near my mom's family if i could um uh but you know it kind of feels like i'm a, I'm a bit of a um you know a uh 
what's the right word like um was an, an expatriate or whatever like someone who used to be from someplace but uh lives somewhere else because of you know, the conditions in that place and you know my my love my endless love to anybody in the lgbtq um uh, or muslim communities or both um that live down in the deep south because while there are really beautiful communities down there there's also a whole lot of hate and there are some very scary places to go um mm. you know uh, being who we are it's uh there's just so much to speak on you know to kind of like piggyback off of that but to kind of dive into just being Muslim. You know, I lived in the Middle East for two years and grew up Muslim. And growing up, I was just constantly told that my religion and culture and people, like they would never accept me. Or not only would they never love me or want to associate themselves with me. um, In fact, they would actually like rather see me dead because, you know, They Mm -hmm. still kill people who are gay or feminine or whatever. I would always just think to myself growing up, it's like, why would I ever volunteer or want to be part of such a group? Why would I ever want to be included in a space that doesn't want me? And, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't. So my question is, where do you stand and why do you? And what does being Muslim mean to you? Because I feel like there is something there that you have that I just never saw growing up. And there's something beyond what I know that exists out there. Yeah, well, that, that's a huge question. <laughs> that's a huge question. And I have a feeling that my answer may not be fully fully sufficient, but I will... I will do my best. Um, my, you know, uh, converting to Islam for me, I mean, it happened, it's been a couple of years now. I want to say it's been like four years now. Um, mm-hmm. And it came at a time when I felt really cast out by the evangelical um, Christianity that I grew up with. Um Faith is very important to me. Um, I believe in the supernatural. Um, I believe uh, that there is a God. Um, exactly, you know, what form God takes, um, I think, is a, is a, a divine mystery for all of us. Um, sure. And I would never claim to know the ultimate truth. You know, we, we you know, no one can. Um, but, um, you know, I vividly remember sitting in, you know, the church that I kind of grew up in. Um, and this was after I had graduated from UCLA. And, uh, so it's been, it's been, you know, probably like, uh, eight years since this, this particular incident happened, but I was sitting in, in church and, and, uh, the, uh, the pastor of the church who was actually the son of the pastor that I grew up listening to. And, and I really hadn't been to this church very much since the son took over, but, um, the, the, the church I grew up in wasn't, you know, even though it was sort of an evangelical Christianity type setup, um, they, they weren't very political. Um, and so the, the politics came from my family rather than the church so much. Um, but um, the the son of this, you know, pastor that I grew up listening to uh, was very much of the, you know, he wanted to dig himself into politics and use the Bible as a weapon. You know, um, and, uh, 
you know, I remember sitting there and listening to him go on some rant, um, uh, some homophobic rant. And, you know, and, and you know, I had driven quite a ways to come to the service. And I stood up and, you know, I was in the middle of the, you know, this, you know, thousand, you know, seat, uh, you know, auditorium and stood up and and walked out right in the middle of the service and people were watching you know and mm-hmm. it was a very awkward but i was just so infuriated um by this and you know i i i, I couldn't take it you know and so i I got up and I left and, and I mean, that was sort of the day that I, that I left Christianity after, after many, you know, other things I was noticing. I mean, I think in in like institutionalized religion can be such a, a a dangerous tool um, because so often, um, you know, uh, culture and, and, and hate find its way um into religion and then religion sort of uses it and it's a it's a it's a power play or there there's there's there are power plays involved um us us versus them mentalities definitely um breed passion and breed fanaticism um you know, something that I think that, you know, a lot of people, um, you know, associate with Islam, but it also exists in, in, in Christianity as well. You know, or the people's there's a you know, culture and politics sneak its way into religion and then somehow it becomes a part of the religion, even though the religion really says nothing about um, you know, whatever is, is, is being politicized when it comes to, you know, homosexuality, um, you know, and, uh, whether it be the, the Bible, the Quran, there really is nothing concrete that says that it is wrong. There is nothing. There are assumptions people make, Mm -hmm. um, that people take as fact, but, is simply not true. A lot of people point to the story, I believe, of, of Sodom and Gomorrah. And, you know, a, a lot of uh, pastors and imams will talk about how there was, you know, homosexuality and other sins at play in this town that, you know, made it so horrible. And, you know, uh, of course, the town was, you know, smitten, you know. And, um, but the re, but the, in terms of translations, um, you know, there's there's uh, a lot of evidence that it was talking about uh, pedophilia um, instead of of you know homosexuality. There's also the fact that it was talking about um, like the idea of like someone being married and you sleeping with like you know the person who's married like 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 their partner or something. So basically, like breaking up a marriage sort of thing. So I've, I've heard different, you know, other takes on this and it's left me convinced that um, really in any of the, any of the three monotheistic religions that exist on this planet, none of them explicitly condemn homosexuality. That is politics. That is men. That is men making this decision to condemn it. And unfortunately it has spread like a plague everywhere. It's also important to note too, that pre like colonization and um, imperialism of, of Europe into the Middle East, there were weren't really any laws against homosexuality. Um, there's examples in history of, of, of people that sort of um, defied 
gender norms um, existing in that part of the world and being a part of, of, of stories of history, um, it was only after they were influenced by um, the Christianity of, of Western Europe that um, and, and the men and their opinions um, from Western Europe that all of a sudden being gay or being lesbian, being trans suddenly became something to be punished, you know? Um, sure. So it really was a product of what Europe brought to the Middle East, that, that kind of horrific stigma um, did not exist in that place until Europe brought it with them like a plague. Um, and, and that is something that you can look up and it, and it, it, it is absolutely true. There's even a story about, um, the prophet Muhammad and, um, there being a, a, a individual who would spend time in both the, the men's spaces and the women's spaces and was, was welcomed in both, which suggests this person maybe was gender fluid. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows about this person? But they are described to have been welcomed in both spaces. So we're talking about the fact that, um, you know, um, gender fluidity, um, uh, the, the entire LGBTQ spectrum probably existed in the Middle East prior to, and so obviously it still does, but it's, you know, it's done in secret in many places because of, of what will happen if somebody is out and public about it, you know, um, and I think that we're, we are very much in danger here in this country of some of the very same things happening. I mean, you look at the, the right wing here and, and, and how they seem more and more willing to do like more and more terrible things to get their way and to get people behind them um, and to lie to people and for people to believe those lies. I think we're in a very dangerous place in this country in terms of where things could go if the wrong people get into power um, and they are unchecked, you know, but um, at least for me in terms of finding Islam, I kind of got off, off topic, off story here. I, um, again, I was kind of searching, you know, I was searching for faith, um, for a place to, you know, pray. Um, and, um, again, I didn't really want to go back to, you know, the churches I grew up in and I, I don't even know, like I, I tell the story and people kind of look at me kind of weird, like, like what, <laughs> but like, it just dawned on me one day. I'm like, I'm going to look into Islam. You know, yeah. um, because maybe, maybe it was the, you know, the rebel in me because I'm like, you know, this, this faith has so much going against it in this country. Um, and every Muslim that, that I had known in my life, you know, up to that point were just the kindest, most generous, generous people. And I'm like, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that, you know, because sure. it, because, you know, it really pisses off a lot of people in this country, yeah. you know? And <laughs> so th there is a part of me that maybe was, that was sort of influenced by that. But the other part was just genuine interest. And I'm like, you know, well, what if, what if there's something about this that I, I connect more with, you know? Um, and of course I was looking in terms of a, um, an Islam that is accepting of, of, of someone like me, a trans person, you know, sure. um, and, um, stumbled upon, um, a, a mosque here in Los Angeles, 
um, that um, is basically like an, like an all women's gathering. Um, it only occurs like once a month, but um, you know they basically have like uh, a a you know woman imam like come up and like give like a, a sermon. Um, a chutzpah, you know, um, and, you know, uh, it's a sort, of, sort of a lesson to be learned. We do some reading, there's, there's prayer at the end, and it's really a, a beautiful time. And so I, I kind of got into this group and, you know, I, I have a friend of mine who's sort of like a mentor and she's been super kind. And so, you know, I kind of just sort of tumbled into this thing. There were also like feminist aspects of, modesty that really appealed to me. Um, I want you to talk about that because to me, when I think of my upbringing or just Islam in general, it, it goes against everything that Miss Misty Page would kind of be about. Yeah. 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 Well, so my thing is, you know, well, first of all, I mean, I want to begin this with a disclaimer of, I mean, at least for me, modesty does not have to be in the form of like physical modesty. I think that, you know, um, doesn't, doesn't really matter what you're wearing. Um, that doesn't make a person that doesn't make their soul or their heart. Um, so modesty can be uh, uh, many things. It can be modesty of, uh, of intentions, modesty of of spirit, modesty of you know just how you approach your life. You know, um, and I think God is smart enough to understand what is in our hearts and um, and understands you know um, what we're feeling. I mean. You know, if, if God made us, then, then I think God should understand, you know, and, and if God made us, the the things that we want to wear are the things that we're supposed to wear, you know, I think we're all called to different walks of life and there are different things that, that we love. And and that's wonderful. I think we should, we should, as they say, live our best lives because Mm -hmm. God made us, um, to, to feel, you know, a certain way about things and to, 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 to love what what we wear and and there should be joy in life you know um but um specifically and and talking about about myself um i i feel like there's something really powerful about sort of um limiting who has access to you um and limiting who has access to your image you know as somebody who feels so constantly um looked at and judged and, and stared at, um, in, in my mind, I, I I think to myself, these people don't have a right to stare at me like this. Like Mm. these people don't have a right to look at me in this way. You, You don't deserve to, to look at me if you're going to look at me with hate. And I, I, also would would rather people judge me by what i have to say what is in my head what is in my heart rather than my face or you know my hair or you know if i have tits or not um sure. you know like i i i think that at least for me I want to be recognized for the content of my character um, rather than, you know, whether someone finds me attractive or not, you know, physically. And, um, 
I also want to say, too, that modesty has roots in, in all three of the monotheistic religions. Um, and I mean, if you look back at uh, some of these, you know, um, you know, queens in Europe back in like medieval times and, and during the Crusades, all that stuff, a lot of these women wore these 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 veils or they would be in these carriages where you couldn't see inside unless you were, you know, royalty or like one of the queens like, you know, assistants you know yeah and so like and and in that way it was really a sign of 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 someone being um divine you know kind of a divine status like only certain people have a right to look on this person because they are someone special as everybody who's listening to this broadcast is someone special um sure. in their own way in their own heart and their own soul and if you want to sort of you know um put up an access gate <laughs> to that and you're more than welcome to these 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 men out here don't have a right to 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 stare you know um you know and 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 so um again that's sort of the the kind of the feminist angle that i take is it's sort of a having it's you know my my body my choice i have a right to decide who gets to look on me who gets to see me um and who doesn't you know and these 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 idiots who you know i see it freaking target you know who stare at me well guess what they're going to stare at, at at a veil and not my face they don't, they don't get to see my face they don't, they don't deserve to see that um and um and of course from a a faith perspective um you know physical modesty um is also about like kind of putting your intentions first it's kind of like you know um uh, a catholic person wearing you know a, a, a cross necklace or something you know sure. um you know something that reminds them every day this is my faith this is what i believe i do all things to represent um you know who i am my faith and you know god um and so for me it's a reminder to be a good person i get angry you know with how the world is mm -hmm. with how people are with how i get treated almost everywhere i go you know, it's almost like a reminder to be like, okay, <laughs> dial it back a little bit, um, you know, um, try and understand what's going on here, where maybe where they're coming from. Maybe they don't mean to be mean, but they just don't know how to approach you. You know, uh, maybe they've never met someone like you before. Um, and, um, you know, and so I, yeah, there's a lot of that that goes through my head. And I think a lot of it is because when I do wear hijab, you know, and a cop, when I feel comfortable, because that's a whole next level. Sure. Oh, yeah. Too. Because there's like how I get treated when I wear hijab. And then there's how I get treated when I wear niqab, which is the which is the, the face veil, as I'm mm -hmm. sure you know. Oh, yeah. Um, and that is a whole other level of people stopping and staring and being in complete and utter shock <laughs> and being like, my God, this has invaded my neighborhood. You know, like they, you, the look on their face, you think that literally, you know, I, I am the Taliban and I have rolled into, you know, Garden Grove um, and, um, and that's it. You know, this is it. This is it. This is the, the future that, you know, the liberals have uh, – 
<laughs> have brought to America, you know, yeah, it's an experience for sure. I will say something that I, I sort of hold myself to is, you know, my Instagram, the, the R's that I share on there, I kind of treat that as if I was inviting you into my home mm-hmm. and sharing with you, um, the the most intimate you know pieces of me um and so really i sort of treat um the the audience on my page as if they were family (laughs) and and they don't really act like it um a lot but you know (laughs) i i i try to give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they're learning um maybe they're quiet is because they don't really know what to say to some of the things i say i am very open and very honest and i i express myself um in ways that i think a lot of people don't know how to express themselves and i think it's kind of overwhelming and i think some people are very unsure about me they don't really know if i'm you know totally all there or not (laughs) and and, um you know but it's a very personal space for me and um and so that's sort of my you know that's why you don't see me you know totally covered you know and all of my images i mean i like the showgirl you know look like that was that's a very revealing look you know sure Uh, um and um, but again, I feel like everything I do also has purpose. I always say that none of none of the outfits I wear for my my shoots are costumes. I would never call a single one of them costumes because everything I do um, represents me in one way or another. Um, yeah, maybe it's a little bit fantastical looking, but it is it is all um, you know a part. Of, of of who I am and and the things I love and the things that I am um, and so that to me is really important to know and so when I do post something that like has you know my fake silicone boobies in it um, mm-hmm. that's you know it, it to me it's not vulgar and it really isn't isn't sexual either it's um, you know kind of me living a bit of a dream the idea that like you know, if I could live in a body where I had the features that, you know, I so wish I had, you know, and, um, and I'm able to do that in photography, you know, and um, so it's, it's one of those things where I, yeah, I get it's a fantasy, but it's not, it's, you know, maybe the only time that anybody, including myself gets to see what I really look like, you know, so Wow. Uh, The first thing that I want to say is I feel like we go through this world and this is a really, really bad habit that I have. And I always try to correct it. For some reason, I'm involuntarily only paying attention to the negative or I'm only paying attention to the people who are looking at me wrong or Mm -hmm. dirty or the people who don't really want me there because as humans, we're conditioned to kind of look out for that if that makes sense totally makes sense but also i feel like humans are also just conditioned to be really really confident when they have nothing nice to say and then if they're thinking something nice in their head it's just normal for them to just keep it to themselves (laughs) when i see you i just wanted to share this is just like very very personal this is just me as brandon or as nene When I am going through whatever I'm going through that day or just living in my own truth, when I see someone like you, you know, we were talking about how others see you and what they must feel or think and the Taliban this and the liberals this and the lefts this, and that's kind of what's running through their brain. Um, 
what's going through my brain when I see you, for some reason, I feel this sensation of relief. And I felt it for so long and I literally cannot tell you. I'm like finally right now in this exact moment, like kind of grasping at to like how or why I feel this because I'm like feeling it more and more the more that we talk. I feel I felt it when I would see you in a work environment. I would feel it when I saw you at so-and-so's wedding. Like when I see you online, I'm like, oh my gosh, relief. I have someone. I just am always feeling this relief. And the more I talk to you, the more it kind of breaks my heart because I feel in some weird way that like my baggage, I don't, and I know this doesn't really make sense, but I feel like I'm feeling relief every single time I see you, but you're carrying heavier and heavier weights for the rest of us, mm. if that makes sense. You know, Wow. that's just how I feel. I don't know why, but it's like, how is it that every single time I see you, I literally feel relieved and mm. so much better. And yet, you're someone who has to go through so much more than I do, but you're giving so much happiness to people like me, if that makes sense. You are just such a spectacular human. Um, Sorry. Oh my God. I'm getting a little bit emotional. You're yeah. a very spectacular human. And I feel like I relate to your struggle in a lot of ways, even though I don't necessarily identify as someone who, you know, is Muslim or anything like that, but just, you know, yeah. being brown, like it's like, I literally don't even have to wear whatever I have to wear. It's like, I'm just walking around in the skin that is brown. Yeah. And yeah, it's exactly. literally it's like people just look at, at the color of your skin and they immediately start, you know, their minds start, the gears start grinding. You know, I, I honestly, I had to comment on what you said, you know, I, um, I think we all have our own set of, of, of baggage. We all have our own things that we're going through. I definitely, you know, um, I'm sure you've experienced things that I couldn't even imagine and, and, and vice versa. I think we all, um, are, are going through a storm, um, you know, um, when we sort of pit ourselves against the norms of society, um, and the expectations of us and, um, you know, and, and, and it, it, it gives me a lot of, a lot of joy, um, to know that, you know, uh, when you see me, it's a feeling of, of, of relief. Um, because I always feel like I, I got this like little dark cloud around me <laughs> and I'm, I'm always yeah. worried that people are going to like, you know, uh, be brought down by, um, my sort of brutal honesty and and my my intention is never to be a downer um i just don't let things go unsaid um and um you know and 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 if if that means that i'm the one that gets labeled as as crazy um and i never get anywhere with writing or or you know my art career because you know um I'm I'm the one who threw myself out there and and said everything that you know pissed off all of you know um, the folks who were trying to fit into this ridiculous society that we live in. Then so be it, so be it. Um, I I I will throw myself at, at the feet of that so that other people can can live better than I have. You know. I don't know if you feel this, but I definitely feel this a lot. Um, 
it's like, I feel like the world makes me feel, it, there's a different story of like, oh, the world makes me feel like I don't belong. Like I don't fit in. Like there's that whole aspect. But like what I truly feel is, it's like the world sometimes makes me feel like I'm a burden. Does that make yes. sense? There's, it's a heavier, it's like, oh my God, like, fuck, like I got to look at this thing or God, like this thing's walking around or, uh, it's like this like sense of like, uh, like when I enter a room, which is very interesting, but it's almost like I am burdening the space. Mm-hmm. And when I see someone like you in your own self-expression, I don't know what the opposite of burden is. I guess it would be relief. Um, but I just feel the opposite of that. I'm like, oh my gosh, finally, I feel like there's a big weight off of my shoulders and off of everyone around me's shoulders. And yeah, I mean, even all the mutual people who we know and love just adore you, like literally just love you, have had nothing but nice things to say. For the longest time, I never even worked with you. I never even hung out with you. I knew the only thing that I knew about you was what other people were talking about, if that makes sense. It was how other people described you. That was my painted image of you. And it was just the most beautiful, stunning, amazing, kind-hearted, sweet human who is just literally there to fully be self-expressed and to just love everyone. And that's just how everyone sees you. That is how I see you. And um, I I need to know now, I mean, this, this is just a little chismosa in me. Uh, what's next for Miss Misty Page? Because I feel like you're the most unpredictable human on planet Earth. <laughs> like every corner that I turn, I'm like, oh my God, this is new. Oh, okay. And it's so refreshing for me that I'm like, I, I need to know. I need to know what's yeah. next. Well, there actually, I mean, there's definitely um, steps um, and, and a plan in place. That's for sure. I, I usually don't have a plan. I'm definitely one of those <laughs> people who kind of wings it as I go. Um, but I do actually have a plan. Um, I'll, I'll begin, though, by saying that I feel like it was the very same in terms of, of, of you and, and how I learned about you was through other people and through all the wonderful things that they would say about you. And I think at some point we, we friend each other on, on, on Facebook and stuff. And yeah. I, I would see, you know, your pictures and the places you would go and, and, and the, the things that you would, that you would say and, and write in your captions and stuff. And um, I've always seen you as a very inspirational and, and, and loving person, never heard a negative thing said about you ever. Um, and so just know that that is absolutely mutual <laughs> and that, that is, that is, that is how I knew you before I even met you. Um and I think you are just a beautiful, shining, amazing person and someone who, um, just in the way that you describe me, I would say that you're definitely a, a relief to have in the room. I will, I will say that because I know when I saw you at the wedding too, I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> thank, <laughs> thank, thank God. Um that you know someone else is here that I can relate to and and that I could talk to without feeling like they're like looking me over you know while they're talking to me you know and so I'm I'm so grateful for you and for the the love that you share and spread um you know uh it's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful journey um that I think that we're that we're both on and it's one that's 
I mean, it's rough. <laughs> it is rough. It is it is a challenge. It is an emotional um, uh, roller coaster. Um, but you know, again, we, we 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 do it to be true to ourselves because if if we didn't do it, we would be we'd be miserable. You know, we'd be unhappy. Um, yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot more writing. I used to do screenwriting a lot before I um, got into photography. And so I'm kind of getting back into that. And I've, um, I am a better writer than I am photographer and model. So that is probably the only way I will ever make money off of art is, is through writing and selling writing. Sure. Um, I just wrote an episode, um, that is sort of trans focused for this um, series that is, uh, being pitched around town right now. And so I'm kind of hoping that gets picked up. So I have the opportunity to maybe have uh, written something that will air on TV or streaming somewhere. That will be nice because almost everything, every opportunity that has come my way in terms of writing usually ends in someone being horribly transphobic and dropping me from any project. So, um, you know, it it always goes south. Thankfully, this time around, these people are really nice and and open-minded. And one of them actually I went to UCLA with. So I, I, I trust them on a level that I didn't really trust the other people um that i've dealt with before um so writing is a big part of of my next steps um doesn't mean i won't be posting any less on 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 instagram but um you know it will be a piece of sort of where i go from here and i think it certainly is the place where i will end up doing whatever my best work it will be it will be in writing um in terms of um photography and modeling i honestly have no idea what's next but i do have something that i'm going to be trying to fundraise for um, possibly december maybe january i'm going to be doing like a, a gofundme or an indiegogo um, because the look i'm doing is going to be really expensive <laughs> so wow. um, i need to have a little bit of funds for that and so that will be going on so if anybody's interested in supporting my work that is coming soon um hopefully um and um it's gonna be really cool i'm definitely um gonna funnel some um some anger and frustration into a new wave of work and you've already kind of seen it in in some of my work so yeah there there's a plan i don't want to give away too much but um I, you know, there, there, there's a reason to stick around for more, you know? Uh, I am so excited and I know everyone else will be too. Um, where can people find you? It on Instagram, I believe it's just at Misty, Miss Misty page or what is it? Yep. Yep. Thankfully, I, I still retain that very simple um, uh, at uh, handle. So yeah, it's yeah. Miss Misty Page. I don't really have any other platform at the moment. Um, I'm, I've, I've been thinking of branching out a little bit. Um, but um, yeah, that's the place you can find me. And, um, you know, um, if you're someone in the arts um, and you would love to create with me, I am um, completely open to working with new people and, and supporting up-and-coming artists everywhere to the best of my ability. I'm certainly one of those people that, you know, doesn't turn people away when there's an earnest desire to create something together. Um, you know, especially if they live here in LA or Orange County or somewhere in SoCal, like that's 
totally doable, you know? So um, always looking for people who want to create fun things and especially if it's a passion project of someone's because I have so many passion projects and I want to be able to support um, as many other folks' passion projects as I can because I want to spread the love. I don't, it's not about, you know, all about me, <laughs> you know, it's about supporting, you know, the community and communities um, and, you know, just spreading love um, as you do, you know? Oh, I know for a fact that Nene would die for a Miss Misty Page collaboration. Oh my gosh, we got to do it. We have to do it now. We're saying it on the, on the air, so we, it's got to happen now. So I've literally, it's been my dream to just be in latex, but I'm just so like mortified because I'm like, wait, I'm a very sweaty person. I don't know how I'm going to get in this. I don't know how I'm going to get out of it. It looks so uncomfortable but it looks so good. It looks so hot. Everyone just looks like a glazed donut in it. And that's, that's, that's how you feel too. You, <laughs> you feel like a glazed donut, and that's the best part of it. It also depends on like like what kind of latex that you want to be in because there's like there's like fashion latex, and then there's like like bondage latex where you're like you know you have like inflatable parts of like the suit or like you're wearing a mask that inflates and then it's sort of like the the sensory like deprivation thing um you know like there's a lot of like layers <laughs> layers that you can get into when it comes into comes to latex and like what kind of latex you want to wear but but yeah like you know i, I could definitely give you tips on 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 where to find this stuff because it is hard to find good quality latex and um i'm not really certain that la brands are really all that great um i definitely gamble and buy european mostly because their stuff is is um is just more unique looking a lot of la stuff is very fashion focused you know they make stuff for celebrities got it uh, you know so you know when you see ariana grande and beyonce and everybody you know wearing a latex dress or a latex bra like that's stuff that's usually made here in la you know if you want to like you know get into some of the like the wild you know inflatable creations and stuff like that that you see you know here and there like that's a european thing and it's very you gotta have like like someone here would have to like originally design something for you whereas like literally some of these companies like hw design and and damask um i think both of them are either german or from the netherlands um they make just a, a wild variety of, of just the most interesting latex pieces that you've ever seen. <laughs> it's a neat little um, uh, culture to dive into, and um, and again, you can you can be as fashion as you want, or it could be as weird as you want. You know, um, I think that there is something about you know, I do love sort of the shock value <laughs> of some of these latex pieces. Yes. That I have. Whether whether it's like the the torpedo tits, you know, which is what they're actually called. That's I, I call them that because that's actually what they're called when you when you buy them. Um, and then I have like the um, like the face harness it's called the pussy harness it like looks like a vagina like on your face and that thing is just the most unusual thing to wear i mean it is the the strangest um apparatus and you need like some serious help to get it on because you, you can't do it by yourself oh. that's another thing too you, you look at these outfits and think wow how did they get that on well 
usually that person has help. And also keep in mind too, that like, once you lube it up, like it usually slides on pretty easy, depending on like what it is. Like cat suits are really easy. Just lubricate it really well. Uh, silicone based lubricant. Um, and um, it, it, it'll just come right on. And if it's the right size, it should be tight, but not like, you know, suffocating you, <laughs> you know? Um, but um yeah, it's a it's an experience. I wanted to thank you so much for coming on. This has been probably one of the most enlightening episodes. I feel so good and I just love talking to you and I cannot wait to see what you come up with next. I cannot wait to coordinate a Nene X Miss Misty Page collaboration. Oh my goodness. Yes, it's going to happen. We're going to do it. The world needs it. <laughs> It does. It truly does. For sure. Oh, what an incredible way to start off season two. Thank you so much for hanging out with Miss Misty Page and I. If you want to go ahead and find Miss Misty Page, her Instagram is linked in the podcast description below. You guys already know the drill. If you want to support the podcast, go ahead and head on over to the Goop Shop and snatch yourself up some merch. There's been a couple of new additions since season one, which is the entire Hayden Evans collection, the retro 70s Nene in 1970s. 74 goopery and gaggery is all on there and everything looks so good also please 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 do not forget to rate and review us on apple Podcasts in the little review section it helps out the show immensely you don't even know and bitch it's free please do it <laughs> thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today and we'll see you on the next one as my queen angelica pickles says when life gives you lemons make applesauce bye babies <laughs> Thank you.